Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know that some of you love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whatever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. Welcome back to the recap. This is the March 20th episode 7th. Hold on, I'll tell you. It's the March 26th episode. The March 26th episode. We're in Exodus, Proverbs, and John. Exodus. We we actually talked about it a few weeks ago. We were talking about the um mm-hmm. the manna in the desert and um how no matter how much they gathered was just enough. And I forgot to mention when we had that episode that that's one of the things that I think we actually did mention that it's in our dive guide. Mm-hmm. But our dive guide is in the shop. It is a a resource that we put together. It's a resource for um, people as they're trying to go deeper in their walk with Jesus and in their own time with the Lord as they're studying the Bible in their quiet spaces. Just an idea of how God works in that time and that it doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, it matters how much time you give to him because it's about how much you have to offer him. And the more you give him, the more you discover you want because to Because it's give a relationship more. and that's how relationships yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But regardless, he also understands our humanity. He knows that we're dust. He knows that he's given us children, careers, whatever the case may be. And we're trying to balance it all. And mm-hmm. whatever we gather, it's enough just for today. And that's sort of how that whole resource starts out is just that encouragement. But then if you go in further, it talks about how to do inductive Bible study and what my inductive study process looks like. And so it's a great place to figure out how we do our, our dive studies, how we do our observations, interpretations, and applications. We have a lot of fun in those live studies. We just had a live study this morning on Genesis chapter 15 and in the community on the network, you can actually hear all of those studies in podcast form as recording. So you can kind of catch up on all of those. If that's something that you want to do is do more in-depth Bible study. I have to tell you that in general, I haven't really given the body of Christ the weight that it deserves for its responsibility in our own mm-hmm. walk with God and our own growth and our own mm-hmm. development. I've, I've always kind of given the Holy spirit, a lot of credit and the yep. word of God, a lot of credit. But the truth is, is that the body of Christ is equally important Mm -hmm. because it is Christ. It is Christ here on earth. It is the embodiment of Jesus Christ. So the church and other believers being a part of our walk with the Lord only takes us deeper Mm -hmm. and further in to who he is and our understanding and our knowledge of him. And without fail, God is faithful every time we have a study to help me understand more of him and to walk away changed. And so those live studies with other women And hopefully maybe one day men (laughs) from all around the globe uh, really do help us to just grow stronger and get a a better awareness. So anyway, the dive guide is on in our shop and it's a download that you can get immediately. And it really just walks you through how we do those studies. So it won't be foreign to you if you decide to jump in with us one day, but we do provide a hundred different ways. We try to provide all the different ways to study the Bible, whether it's the recap and just doing a read through 
maybe that's how you gather your mana, or if it's doing inductive Bible study and you don't really want to be with a group just yet, you can do it on your own. We've got the worksheets and the dive guide in there to show you how to do that, as well as the podcasts. We call those our dive studies podcast. Mm-hmm. And right now we're going through Genesis in depth. Um, and then if you still want to go even further, join the body of Christ as we do live studies together in the dive collective network. So that's what we are up to this week on the recap. We're going to dive into Exodus first. What chapters do we start in? We started in Exodus 30 this week and went through 37. Exodus 30 is a lot still about the, uh, tabernacle. Yeah. Exodus this week was kind of mind blowing for me when we get into Moses on the mountain and the Israelites not on the mountain and what's happening and Moses. I mean, we kind of talked about this just when we did the Genesis podcast with Abraham and his Abram and his intimate relationship with God, but the way that God converses with Moses and the way Moses intercedes for the people and God relents when he's ready to start all over again, like he did with Noah. It was all just really, I just have like exclamation points in my margin quite a few times. Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. One of the first times that we see it, but we're going to see even through the prophets that like Sabbath is so important to God, Mm -hmm. which I feel like this is the week that I was like, you know what? I cannot blame the Pharisees and Sadducees. I mean, all through John, we're seeing Jesus is like just wrecking the Sabbath rules. Right. And like, no wonder they're like, dude, we weren't even, we're not even allowed to light a fire on the Sabbath. Right. You've got to stop because the punishment is death. And like, God takes the Sabbath so seriously all through this, out of all of his commands, like this is the one he's like, I'm taking you into exile because you have not obeyed my Sabbath. Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. That was chapter 31. So then in chapter 32, so this is where we're like, okay, God's up on the mountain telling them how he's preparing a place to dwell with them so that they can experience the living God Mm -hmm. that cannot be formed in an image. And meanwhile, all of the Israelites are down on earth on earth. They're down in the Valley throwing gold into a fire and a, and a calf just pops out. It just pops out. I mean, (laughs) miracle. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We are so lame. We are so lame. We, oh my goodness. Yes. You put work. Yep. We're so lame. Really? People, really? How often do we try to lie to God? I mean, they're lying to Moses, but they're lying. Like, they're like, you, you do not know that like he sees everything. Right. And that, I mean, how did Moses, God was the one that was like, Moses, you need to get down there. The people are going crazy. And then we think we can pull the wool over his eyes. Yeah. So one of the things that I love is that the Lord is up on the mountain. He's like, go down to your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt. They've corrupted themselves. They've turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought us up out of the land of Egypt. We're so glad you're listening to the recap with us. We'll get back to this week's reading in just a moment. Did you know that we're studying four different Bible studies in the book of Genesis this year? We just wrapped up our first one about creation through Noah. The next one is beginning March 9th and 11th. 
Please come join us as we study the story of Abraham. We're going to look specifically at how the gospel is reflected in this great man of faith. We've made it easy for you to join in anytime. We have podcast recordings of every chapter we've covered on our network, so you can easily stay caught up. Come and see at divecollective.org. God is seeing it, and he's like, I'm about to lose my ever-loving mind. Mm-hmm. Moses, God, no, don't, 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 don't. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. Don't lose your mind. And so uh, Moses, because he hasn't seen it with his own eyes yet. Right. He's only hearing from God the report of it. And he's like, no, don't. He basically says, he goes, now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation of you. Yeah. Like, I'm like, he's about to do, he's about to do a Noah thing. He's like, I'm going to destroy all of it. And I'm starting Starting over over with just you. And Moses is like, this is what I love about this. This really stood out to me is that Moses was like, he basically says, remember the covenant that you made with Abraham. And I think about that because I feel like Moses is like, everything that Moses is doing is based on the identity that Abraham began in them, which is that we are a nation based on this promise. Like we are the only reason that we even exist is because of the promise that you made to Abraham. Mm-hmm. We are not Moses's people. We are Abraham's right. sons and daughters. We're the sons. And, like he literally, in fact, one of the things that he had just said to Aaron up on the Mount or to Moses was like, I want you to make an ephod for Aaron so that he can carry the names of Israel's sons into on his heart into, so that I will remember Mm-hmm. that I will remember them. And it's like, God wants to remember them. They were, these guys were terrible. terrible, worthless people. And God's like, I want their names written on your chest mm-hmm. every time that you come before me. Cause I want to remember this covenant that I've made with them. And um, anyway, I just like that Moses is like, no dude, you, God, you have got to stay faithful to your right. promise because that's that whole promise thing is what I'm banking on. That's why right. I'm even doing any of this with you in the first place. Mm-hmm. So here's another funny thing. This is me looking at this from my like mom perspective, it totally makes me think of when my kids are doing something dumb and I'm like, Isaac, your son, do you know what your son did? Because it says, God says to Moses, he yeah. says, people you brought out of people Egypt, <laughs> whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, like yes. God says that to Moses, go down there and take care of your people. And Moses is like, when he, when he responds to God, he's like reminding God, God, why would, why would you lose your temple with your people? You brought them out of Egypt. It's like Moses is like, no, 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 no. Don't put this on me. These are your people. Whom you have. I love that, Annika. Yes, that's so good. <clears throat> that is so good. Until Moses walks down and he sees. Right. He's like, wait, what? his anger burns against them just like yeah. God. Another thing I noticed is when Moses comes down and Aaron says, um, that it just popped out. This calf just popped out of the fire when they threw all their gold in. Um, Moses saw that the people were simply running wild. Aaron had let them run wild, disgracing themselves before their enemies. He took up a position. Moses took up a position at the entrance to the camp and said, whoever is on God's side, join me. And all the Levites stepped up. Yeah. And I just thought that was cool how, I mean, the Levites we know are the people that God chooses to be his priests. And I mean, it's not pretty what happens after that. The Levites step up and they go and they take the sword and they punish 3,000 people of their of the Israelites that day, but that they were willing to, I don't know, I have mixed feelings, I guess, because I kind of want to say, why didn't you step up before? 
when they were making this calf. The one that Aaron made. Then the Lord sent a plague on the people because they made the calf, the one that Aaron made. That's what it says in the last Mm -hmm. verse of 32. And yet Aaron doesn't die. Mm -mm. Right. In that thing. Aaron made it. Yeah. And he was not one of the people to be killed by the sword. Yeah. What is happening? It's like this. It's what I was just thinking when you said the one that Aaron had made, it made me think of the responsibility of leadership and how, I mean, Aaron's the leader. And so he takes that responsibility. And yet you're right. He didn't have, he didn't suffer that same consequence. Is it possible that because he's a Levite, he's a Levite, right? He and Mm -hmm. Moses both are Levites. Is it possible that he was repentant? Like he was part of that repentant group that came out? Because they were all worshiping, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't say anything in the rest of it that the Levites were separate from the party. I don't know. It would be pretty hard to kill people who were a part of something that I did. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I could. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It is interesting what the other consequence is, though, in 33. God is sending them away, sending them to the promised land, but he's not going to be with them in person on the journey. So, okay, 33. God said to Moses, now go, get on your way from here, you and the people you you brought up from the land of Egypt. Head for the land which I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I'll send an angel ahead of you, and I'll drive out all the people that are there. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, but I won't be with you in person. You're such a stubborn, hard-hearted, hard-headed people, lest I destroy you on the journey. And when the people heard this harsh verdict, they were plunged into gloom and wore long faces, and no one put on jewelry. Of all the passages in Exodus this week, this is the one that like just hit me so hard because... My, I actually really like the ESV translation better than the message in this case, because it says, um, the Lord basically says, depart, go up from here, you and the land. And when he says, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you lest I consume you on the way for you are a stiff necked people. God is like, I can't even be it's with for you. your own safety. Yeah. Because I can't be with you. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I am God and I will consume you. If I were a human, you'd have been dead right. last week. Yeah. Verse four is what gets me. When the people heard this disastrous word, Mm. they mourned and no one put on his ornaments. And I was thinking about these people were wandering in the desert. They were just desert wanderers, but they were wearing all of the jewelry that they came out of Egypt with. Like they were adorned probably in just beautiful ornaments is what Mm. what ESV calls it. And I was thinking, how precious it must have been to them to be wearing the ornaments with the presence of God with them. Like those two things in their head went together. The ornaments that we're wearing and what makes us so beautiful is the presence of God. And when they were like, if God isn't going with us, there's nothing special about us. They understood that what made them special was the presence of God going Hmm. before them and that they took off their ornaments It just made me think about us now and the spirit of God living in us now. It's all fake. It's all fake unless the spirit of God is living in us now. Like we can love and we can be kind and we can do nice things, but it's all ornaments. It's Mm -hmm. all just ornaments that we put on unless like the presence of God is in us to make it real. It's just ugly ornamentation. Mm -hmm. But when God lives in us and it, brings to life 
love so that it's genuine love and brings to life humility so that we genuinely outdo one another in giving each other honor. Unless the spirit of God is living in it, in us, the rest is just ornaments. So why bother? Mm -hmm. It's all dead without the presence of God to bring it life. And I just love that they heard this disastrous word and they were like, well, why bother putting on jewelry? If God isn't going with us, we're just a Mm -hmm. bunch of wanderers in the desert. That's good. I feel like we could just be like, and we're done. (laughs) And that's the recap. (laughs) So then God says, um, and so starting verse 13, now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too, that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight? I and your people is it not in your going with us that we are distinct. I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. Yeah. And, and this is like another example of God relenting because of what Moses asks, because God has just said, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going with you. Yeah. And Moses comes to him and says, that's what makes us special. That's what makes us your people. You have to go with us. And if you're not going with us, we're not going. Just leave us here because we're just wanderers in the desert. If you're not coming with us, just, and God says, okay, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do for mm-hmm. you found favor in my sight. And I know you and I know by, you by name. name. And then Moses is like, I want to go steeper, deeper still. Mm-hmm. Show me your glory. God's like, okay. It's another yeah. intimate moment. We were just talking yeah. about the intimacy between Abraham and God in the Genesis study. And now we're seeing like this other just incredibly intimate moment between Moses and God. Moses is just having this excruciatingly painful mm-hmm. exchange between God and Moses on behalf of the people and God's promises. And, mm-hmm. and God's like, okay, I'll relent. But yeah, beyond that, like Moses is like, okay, but I still also want to see your glory. Right. Like I've heard your voice. I speak to you face to face, like a man speaks to his friend. Now I want to see your face. Yeah. yeah. So it makes me think of stuff both from Proverbs and John that with Abram and with Moses, both of them asked for more of God. Like that's what they wanted. And of course, God is, of course, yes. If that's what our desire is, the answer is always yes. And it makes me think of in Proverbs, we read a lot about wisdom and wisdom is there for the taking. If that's what we ask for and that's what we desire, yes, the answer is always yes. Yes. Jesus in John is basically, I forget what I'm, I forget the specific passage, but that same idea that he, in the, in whatever we read in John this week, he talks about, if you ask anything, I think the, the normal translations would say like anything according to my will, the way the message translates it is basically, if you ask anything that's in line with what I'm doing, mm-hmm. which I love that, like you, he's walking with his disciples and he's basically like, you've been walking with me for three years now, you know what I'm doing. Yes. If you ask anything that is in line with what I'm doing, the answer is going to be yes, you have yeah. it already. So just that idea that when our desire is for more of God, of course. Yes. Of course. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Second mic trap. We could end there. I mean, seriously. Yeah. What, how does it get better than that? If you want more of God, it's there for the taking, ask mm-hmm. him, get bare, get bare before him and be like, dude, this is what you say you do. This is what you say you do. And I can't get closer to you. So you have to bring me closer yeah. in. 
And that's exactly what God does. He's like, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. And then he says his name, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Mm -hmm. That's God declaring his name to Moses. Mm -hmm. Like I, yes, deeper still. Deeper still, deeper still. If now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us, for it is a stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. I love the messages translation of that. Please, O Master, if you see anything good in me, please, Master, travel with us, hard-headed as these people are. Forgive our iniquity and sin, own us, possess us. And he does. It's another picture. It's another picture of... The goodness of God that extends to the people we love. Like when we have a close relationship with the Lord, the blessing of that pours out to all the people Mm -hmm. around us that we love. God touches their lives. We can intercede for those people, all those people that we love that don't know him as well as we know him, us knowing him and us having favor in his sight, us coming closer to him and going deeper in and deeper in. The result of that is blessings for all the people who don't know him like we do. Mm -hmm. Should we go to Proverbs? Let's go to Proverbs. We are in 6 through 13. So like I said, there was just, I mean, it's Proverbs. So of course we're talking about wisdom a lot, but there was a lot of comparing wisdom to foolishness and that sort of thing this week. But there was a section in chapter eight. It's another one of those places where God uses creation to teach about himself. And this is actually like to teach about wisdom, which is really cool. I think chapter eight is basically wisdom talking. Lady wisdom is speaking. Yes. This section that I loved is just She's just calling out and explaining where she comes from, basically. I'll just read it because it's cool. It says, God sovereignly made me the first, the basic, before he did anything else. I was brought into being a long time ago, well before the earth got its start. I arrived on the scene before ocean, yes, even even before springs and rivers and lakes. Before mountains were sculpted and hills took shape, I was already there, newborn, long before God stretched out earth's horizons and tended to the minute details of soil and weather and set sky firmly in place. I was there. When he mapped and gave borders to wild ocean, built the vast vault of heaven and installed the fountains of installed the fountains that fed ocean. When he drew a boundary for sea, posted a sign that said no trespassing, and then staked out earth's foundations. I was right there with him, making sure everything fit. Day after day, I was there with my joyful applause, always enjoying his company, delighted with the world of things and creatures, happily celebrating the human family. So my dear friends, listen carefully. Those who embrace these, my ways are most blessed. Mark a life of discipline and live wisely. Don't squander your precious life. Blessed is the man and blessed the woman who listens to me, awake and ready for me each morning, alert and responsive as I start my day's work. When you find me, you find life, real life, to say nothing of God's good pleasure. But if you wrong me, you damage your very soul. When you reject me, you're flirting with death. That's my favorite. It's so good. I know. It's so good. One of my favorite things is comparing wisdom to um, 
sin. Like you talk about the, basically the harlot. She's like mm-hmm. waiting on the corner. She's like waiting mm-hmm. in the dark. Whereas wisdom stands on the corner and shouts mm-hmm. in the light. Yes. She's like, I'm not trying to hide myself. Like I'm right mm-hmm. here for anybody that wants it. I'm right mm-hmm. here. Not everybody wants it. I love what she's, she says in 17, what wisdom says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. Do you have anything else from Proverbs? I don't think so. Okay. Let's jump to John. John nine is where we started. So Jesus, I, Jesus in John, I think I've noticed it more than in other places is he's like always talking about the future. There's a lot of kind of vague language about what's to come. And the disciples are like, we don't know what you're talking about. This doesn't make any sense. So in chapter 10, when he's talking about the sheep and he says, I've come so you can have life, like real life more than, I don't remember how it's translated and what I know in my head, but that's something they don't fully understand because they're like, well, we already have life. And then in, in 11, when Lazarus dies, he tells Martha, you don't have to wait for the end. I am right now resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Well, all this stuff is confusing because they don't. Still confusing, but yeah. Right. At least once he's, after he dies and he's alive again, at least they understand a little bit that, oh, okay, he can conquer death. So they have that context. Mm -hmm. But in chapter 12, verse 16, it says, when he comes in to Jerusalem and the palm branches, it says the disciples didn't notice the fulfillment of many scriptures at the time, but after Jesus was glorified, they remembered that what was written about him matched what was done to him. Yes. And I thought that was cool. Like when I was reading through it, that stuck out to me about how, how neat it must've been for John to go back and write this in hindsight Yes, and, and be able to write down the story and recognize all along the way, those things that Jesus was doing and how they fulfilled scripture. But then flip over a couple of pages to chapter 14 and Jesus is talking about the spirit and how he's going to leave his spirit with them. The message translates it friend, which is kind of cool, but it's in verse 25, it says, starts in 25. It says, I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send at my request will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. Peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. But I read that and I thought, John John can see this now because he has the spirit. Like he's Mm -hmm. looking back and now like God's, Jesus has gone and he's left his friend, the spirit. And John it's like completely opened their eyes and revealed all of these things that when they were in the moment, sometimes it's hard for me to, to read this from my perspective and think you guys were walking with him. How could you not see it? How could you not see? Like there were a couple of times to this section that we read where they were like, he can't, there has to be something different about him because he can open the blind men's eyes. Like they said that at one point, but he can't, we have to believe him because he can do these things. And so I look at the disciples and all of the people that were walking with Jesus and that saw him do what he did. And I think, how could you not see it? They were still in darkness. You can't yeah. talk about his friend, the counselor and how he makes you whole and he leaves you as peace. You know, he, re- you know, he remembered that afterwards and he was like, right. 
you oh, probably went through I one ear in, in one ear and out the other at the yep. time because he's like okay sure whatever you know and then he actually experiences that wholeness that peace that shalom that jesus is talking about and he's like mm-hmm. oh oh mm-hmm. i remember him telling me it was going to be like this yeah i think john's is john's is a pretty special gospel when you think about it that way like he really went to extra effort to really paint the spiritual picture mm-hmm. the impossible the impossible that's the recap we'll see you next week thanks for listening to the recap if you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading you might be interested in joining our in-depth bible studies where we model our version of inductive bible study you can find out more at divecollective.org and we will see you next week